Roxo Media House. From the Flying Tea Studios at Roxo Media House, this is Frogs Today. Featuring Jason Jones, TCU Director of Football Equipment. The voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. And of course, our roundtable of experts. Here's your host, the voice of the TCU Horned Frogs, Brian Estridge. It is finally game week for the Horned Frogs, and we welcome you into Frogs today. Tonight, TCU takes on the Colorado Buffaloes, obviously, to kick off the 2022 season. And here before that, we get to preview that game for you, break it down, and get ready for what promises to be an exciting first year under head coach Sonny Dykes. Coming up a little bit later on, we've got our round table of experts. We're going to go lightning round with them. We'll find out what the Frogs have to do to win this game here tonight against Colorado. We're going to flash back with David Rasco, former quarterback here for the Horned Frogs. We'll get some perspective on what's going through the minds of these young guys as they get ready to open up the 2022 season. Mark Johnson's the longtime play-by-play voice of the Colorado Buffs. He's really good. He's going to join us, give us some insight into what Carl Durrell's team is looking like here in year three under their head coach. And uh, we're going to start the show uh, with a little look at how the Frogs actually got to Boulder. You see, this is a pretty big undertaking, folks. This is not just hop on a plane, play a football game. No, there are pounds and pounds and pounds of equipment that makes their way across the Rockies into Boulder. And so we'll find out exactly what that is as we visit with the equipment staff here with TCU. In fact, let's do that right now. Here's a look at the Horned Frogs on the move to Boulder, Colorado. some of the sights and sounds here of loading up the Horn Frogs as they head off on the road to Boulder. Over 800 miles or so. Randy will be at the helm. Jason Jones is alongside the equipment manager. All right, give me some sense here. What are we talking about weight, man? Uh, it's going to be somewhere around 65,000 pounds. Uh, just luggage and trunks and gear, all kinds of stuff. Um, it's a lot of stuff going on there. And just imagine, imagine moving your whole house six times a year and then back. <laughs> 
to the same spot you just left. That's basically what you're doing. You know, we were talking earlier about the fact that you're not just preparing for game day. This, this, is, this is the day before at the hotel. This is trying to make that locker room look as close to what they deal with every day too, right? Yeah, so basically we're just trying to mimic what we do at home on the road. Um, obviously the hotel stuff is they'll do the same thing here when we're at home um, at the hotel here in Fort Worth. And then when we're on the road, it's just another only thing we're adding is getting on a plane or a bus and going to a different city. Jason, what's changed over the years? So used to there, it seems like there was a ton of video equipment that went and things of that nature. Have you been able to, as technology has improved, you pare down that list a little? Um, I think the only thing that really is pared down really is like some of the equipment. The, the stuff has actually gotten bigger. Like you think of like, you have all this stuff and you have you have to run things off wires, you have to do that. You don't have to run it off wires anymore, but like the trunks are getting bigger because they're sticking more stuff in it or they're coming up with more stuff that they can do within that process so it adds more equipment to it. Um, like take our headset system, for instance. You'll notice it on the sideline. It's a big giant trunk with our logos on it. That trunk used to be half the size yeah. and now it's double the size and we still have another trunk to the side that's doing the same exact thing. So it's... You would think that with technology, things will get better and smaller and more efficient. All it's done is make people want more, and <laughs> they think about more stuff that they can take. How about the preparing for the unknown, you know, uh, when it comes to changing cleats or changing weather or things of that nature? How do you do that? Uh, basically, we just pack what for every circumstance we can come across. So, I mean, on the truck right now is already winter gear even though okay yeah we're going to boulder it's going to be mid 60s during the game probably some of our guys are going to be feel like it's freezing cold because they're not used to it right. um typically that's what happens when texas kids get to the, to the mountains and they get under 70 they start freaking out because they think it's cold and it's like no it's actually perfect weather um but i mean we got cold gear on there already the rain gear is on there um, we've got backup cleats, um, like one of every size and the, the two different colors of cleats that we wear. Um, there'll be cleats that we have like the screw in, the old school screw in seven stud ones. Um, for college, it, they do help with certain circumstances and grass and all that. But for the most part, since you, in college, you can't make the cleats longer like the NFL does. It, it's kind of like a give and take with those because guys don't like to wear them because they never wear them anymore. And so it's just one of those things where you, you have some, but the guys don't ever wear them. All right, give us some sense of the staffing now that it'll take to, to move this team. How, how many folks are you using, utilizing on this trip? So my group will be, there's 10 equipment people. So two full-time, two GAs, six students. The training staff has their group. Uh, I'm not sure how many students they have. They have four staff members. I think they're four or five students. Um, video will help some of the QC alternate staff will help um, especially post game they're all everybody's helping try to get this thing loaded up because um, typically the the rule is once Sonny gets out of the locker room and heads to the bus we should be basically done packing the truck so that's about an hour I think the best I've ever seen is about 45 minutes well, the first one's always a tough one, yeah. too, right? I know uh, we're uh, we're excited about going to Buffalo, Colorado to take on the Buffaloes. Excited to see what this all looks like once you unpack. It's kind of like yeah. Jenga, isn't it? Oh, it's uh, Jenga, Tetris. Yeah. It's probably more Tetris because you actually have the pieces, and so you have to, like, maneuver them, turn them, <laughs> lift them. It's like it's playing 3D 
3D Tetris is what you're doing because can you lift a trunk up and put it on another one? Can that trunk hold it? The pieces fit. It, I mean, it's it's something that if you're decent at Tetris, you'll probably be decent at this. Yeah. The good news is it's not your personal gas card either, right? Yeah, no. I wanted to make sure. I mean, sure. it would be nice if it would go on my Southwest card. To <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, right. Jason Jones, the equipment manager here at uh, TCU, does a terrific job. All right, we got a lot more to come here when Frogs Today continues in a moment. Say hello to the water of tomorrow, Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain, refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water. And rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Welcome back into Frogs today, and we are honored to have one of the greats of our profession, one of the good guys, too, for the last 19 years, been the terrific voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. And it's good to see the face of my man, Mark Johnson. Mark, how we doing, man? Fantastic. I, I just feel underdressed. I just got out of the gym here. I didn't know that we were going to be dressing up and wearing a sport cut and all after the show, so I apologize. The difference is you don't know what I've got on below, so that's you know, <laughs> but that's totally totally different story, man. All right, coming up Friday night uh, in Boulder there at Folsom Field. What a what a setting it's going to be to kind of kick off the 2022 season. I think I think both fan bases are desperate to kind of get back to normal, as we say. Let's play some football, and and to me, this is a really important non-conference game for both these programs. Boy, there's no doubt about it. You know, I can speak, obviously, from the Colorado side. You know, Carl Durrell, this will be year three for Carl. He got here in year one. That was that truncated COVID season that we all suffered through. And it went four and two, went to a bowl game, had a nice season. Last year, then, there were expectations, Brian. And, you know, they didn't live up to it. They, they really struggled on the offensive side of the ball. Had one of the worst offenses in America. Still ended up winning four games. Heck, if they had an average offensive season ago, they were in a bowl game. But that wasn't the case. And so there's a, a great thirst right now amongst Buff Nation to kind of get back, get to a bowl game, and start building this thing again. Yes. He goes out and he hires a terrific young offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford, who we knew his dad from the Mountain West days when he was the head coach sure. at, at UNLV. Had a great run at Utah State, been around the block, was at Western Kentucky, most recently Minnesota. Give us some sense as to what he's done to change that offense. Well, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's Mike Sanford is, was the cog, obviously, as the OC. But he brought in Phil McGagan at the wide receivers coach. Kyle Patterson came with Mike from Minnesota as the tight ends coach. And then Kyle Devan on the offensive line. And so all those guys that come in, they're great energy guys. And so there's been a, a great culture change, I think, as a result of the staff moves that Carl's made on the offensive side. But Mike comes in, you know, he's an exciting guy. What they did last year, remember, we saw them last year. Minnesota came in here and put one on the Buffaloes, 30 to nothing. And they came out and ran six, seven offensive linemen and just ran it down Colorado's throat. Now, Mike swears that's not what he's going to be doing this year for Colorado. So don't expect that on Friday night. But, you know, he's always been a creative guy. And, and as, as you mentioned, his father was a great coach. So he's come from that tree. Uh, it's, it's, you know, all coaches will say the same thing. We're going to be balanced. We're going to use the tight end. All the things fans want to hear. And so we're waiting to see. But, you know, being out at, at practice and kind of watching what Mike's been doing, um, I, I do think he's energized that side of the ball. They're playing much better up front. Uh, even though Colorado lost some receivers in the transfer portal, they brought in some young guys, so they think they've replenished uh, that. And so, you know, just like you guys, the only thing we're really wondering about right now is, okay, how good will they be and who the heck's going to play quarterback on Friday night? That's the things we're still kind of trying to figure out here in Colorado. 
Yeah, similar to TCU, you got two guys battling for it. Got a little more experience there between the with, between uh, that that group uh, as uh, you look at TCUs. But give me some sense to how that battle's gone uh, without giving away any trade secrets. We we won't know until kickoff for either one of them. But uh, what what will we see out of these two guys? Well, last year Brendan Lewis got the start, so he yeah. was a front. JT Shrout came in. He was a transfer, pretty highly regarded recruit uh, at Tennessee. And he came in and, and appeared to be leading the competition going into that first game. But about a week and a half out, he blew an ACL. And so by default, Brendan Lewis got the job. Brendan Lewis, you want to talk about baptism by fire. You know, that young man got out there as a true freshman. He's from uh, the state of Texas, from Melissa, Texas. Yep. And so he went out there and he was he was decent in, in some situations. But boy, Brad, he was reluctant to throw the ball. Didn't want to make a mistake. And he threw very few interceptions. So that was a positive. But he also then gave up on some plays that quarterbacks have to make for an offense to be successful. So as the year went on, I think he grew a little bit. Now, JT Shroud is back. He's healthy. He's kind of that prototypical drop back NFL-looking kind of quarterback. And so you got both of them competing. And I think they've really helped each other. It's been a very even battle through camp. I thought last year Shroud kind of had the advantage. This year they're neck and neck. And so my guess is, just, just kind of reading between the lines of what Carl Jarrell's talked about, he kept talking about you've got to, you know, if, if you're the incumbent, if somebody has to take your job. I don't know if JT Shroud's taken the job at this point. I wouldn't be shocked, number one, if, if uh, Brendan Lewis starts in Friday night against TCU. And number you know, two, in both those guys, maybe even in that game. I, I do think it's been that tight, and they're a little bit different in terms of how they approach things. But so far, Carl's been very close to the vest about that and really hasn't kind of let us know who – you know, kind of has the advantage. But my guess is Lewis, as the incumbent, gets the start. You know, the one thing that stands out about the roster as you go down it here is you got a lot of young faces on this group. I mean, this has got to be one of the younger teams in college football. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I walked out. Gary Barnett, who's my partner, I walked out the practice field on uh, the first practice. And he looks at me and goes, Mark, I don't know who half these guys are. And I swear, Gary, we're getting our first look at them. But, I mean, it's it's been a challenge getting ready for the season, obviously, trying to figure out, well, who's number 15 and who's who's 52. And, you know, we're trying to figure that out. So, uh, Carl's tried to rework this roster. And, and now the transfer portal, obviously, has helped out that process. But there were a lot of guys that when Mel Tucker was here for that very short nine-month period – they jumped ship after Tucker took the job at Michigan State. And so there's been a lot of turnover the last couple of years. So it is a very young football team. Now, they do have some experience in some key areas. And so you hope that's able to kind of carry them until everybody else grows up a little bit. But, boy, yeah, you better – if you're a CU fan going to that game, you, you better have yourself a, uh, you know, a, a roster because there's a lot of guys you're not going to know. All right, final thought here. 50,000 or so there at Folsom Field on Friday night. Hopefully it's full. Give, uh, give Frog fans an idea of what they're going to be in for when they walk in there. Well, it, it really is an electric atmosphere. Not the biggest places you mentioned. Old's just over 50,000, but the setting is spectacular. Now, here's the issue, though. We're going to kick off at 8 o'clock. So all you TCU fans, make sure beforehand you're kind of paying attention. You see the flat irons. Ralphie's going to run. This is year two for our, our newest uh, Buffalo. And uh, so we're all excited about that. Uh, brand new sound system they just put in. Spent a couple of million dollars on that. So, listen, Friday nights at Folsom Field, all the lights are always electric. But this is a season opener. You got another Power Five school. There's a lot of reasons that uh, this is going to be a fun atmosphere on Friday night. Well, I'm fired up to be there. I'm looking forward to seeing you, Mark. Looking forward to seeing these two teams. I'm ready to get back to some normalcy as we talk about with the 2022 season. Let's be all in and enjoy it. Thanks for taking some time for us here today, Mark. Yes, sir. I'll see you on Friday.
All right, you're the best. Mark Johnson, play-by-play -play voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. We've got our roundtable of experts uh, coming by next. We'll start to break down this game even further when Frogs Today continues in a moment. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Frogs Today, panel of experts, the round table, if you will, uh, starts right now. We've got Melissa Tribwasser via Zoom. Melissa, great to see you as always. We've got uh, Jeff and David uh, in studio as well. I have purposely not shared with any of you what we're going to talk about, which drives Coach Bowden crazy because, you know, he's got to have an outline and it's got to be a notebook and all this other stuff. But I just wanted to get you guys gut reactions to things. All right. Okay. When we get ready for uh, for uh, Friday night here, it was uh, the Buffaloes and the Frogs in just a couple of minutes from right now. All right, Melissa, let's start with this. What is keeping Sonny Dykes up at night heading into this game? I mean, it's got to be the quarterback situation, right? Uh, if he hasn't made a decision, that means that a decision either hasn't been announced and he knows and he's sleeping fine and it's keeping Frog fans up at night, or he's still not sure who the best option is to lead the Frogs on Friday night. I'm going to guess he's playing his cards close to the vest, but he's still got to be worried because there is not a clear-cut front runner. So he's got to be thinking, who's the guy that's going to get the ball to these talented receivers and these talented running backs and going to give us the best opportunity to win when they step out onto the field for the first time Friday? You are a Colorado native, Jeff Wilson. I we're, am. We're, th we're about, uh, what, 50 minutes from kickoff here. Okay. Um, how much of a factor, if any, will altitude play in this game? Well, it, it's it's a factor. Um, you know, punts will go a little further. Kicks off, kickoffs will go. I'm serious. Kickoffs will go a little further. But as far as like conditioning, it's not so much the while it's happening. It's the recovery. So like there's you you won't have time to recover from play to play. So I think that's part of the reason why Sonny Dyke said that they may play 60 guys uh, tonight and and uh, you know eight or nine offensive linemen and defensive linemen apiece. They have four four running backs listed as a uh, you know co-starters, if that's even a thing. So uh, I, I think that's one way to combat it is to definitely uh, switch players in and out. And you need to be hydrated because the air is dry. It is so dry in Colorado. And uh, there is such a thing as altitude sickness. So hydration and, 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 and shuffling guys in and out will be, will be important. This team traveled 83 players, by the way, to Colorado. It's a big, that's a big travel party in preparation for this. All right, so today's kickoff here at, at 8 o'clock at night, you've had the full day, Coach Bowden, to kind of lay around. And, and that's essentially what you do. What drives coaches crazy about that? Well, I, I think you need to have routine, right, as much as possible. And so um, they're, they're trying to create that. I know uh, listening to Coach Dykes, he's talking about having some sense of normalcy and they don't want to do anything extra and create all this, you know, kind of circus environment around the hotel today. But, um, yeah, I just think the anticipation, right, you want to keep them busy, but you also want to balance that with being well-rested and not – I mean, he, this is a coach and a coaching staff um, that's not wound super tight, right? And, and I think that's a good thing for the players. I think they can go into it relaxed um, because at this point, you know, the old haze in the barn is, is it's the truth. So, um, so yeah, I, I just think, you know, a 9 o'clock kickoff, it, it's tough. I mean, it's different. And they, they practiced it last week in the stadium, but 
you know, it's nothing like the real thing. Melissa, what uh, what position group for you will stand out here tonight? What will we be talking when this game's over with? What position group will we be talking about the most? I think it's going to be the secondary. I'm really excited to see what that secondary looks like. I love the makeup of the safeties. I love what we've heard out of Bradford and and the guys that have stepped up. I think Mark Perry is going against his own team in his first game as a Horn Frog there's an opportunity to, to take advantage of a young quarterback over at Colorado, who's probably going to be playing multiple quarterbacks as well and uh, create some havoc and cause some turnovers. And so I think we're going to, we're going to get a healthy Travis Hodges Tomlinson tonight. I think we're going to see Mark Perry do some big things. And I think there's going to be an opportunity for, for those guys to make plays. And I, I can't wait to be talking about them at the end of this. The, the one guy they may not have Bud Clark, we understand may not be able to go. So that could, that could be a, a, a bit of an issue for the most part, this team, comes into this game fairly healthy though yeah. I mean I, I don't find anyone else sort of standing out other than Marcel Brooks really that you would count on right yeah and and that's a good thing and I think that's yeah. by design that that's part of you know you can look back at past T2 fall camps and, and they haven't come out quite as good and and so they they put the TC put the emphasis on conditioning and strength and all that stuff nutrition and uh, they got through it I and mean, there there were some some guys down who, who, who maybe didn't practice as much as you would have liked to have seen, and maybe that's why the depth chart has so many of those oars next to it. But uh, I, I think that that this is probably as healthy as you could could hope, you know, to, to get through a, a camp missing really only one main guy that, that you were really counting on. That's not bad. We were talking with Mark Johnson, the play-by-play guy earlier, Coach, and, and, and we talked about Mike Sanford coming in as the offensive coordinator. Been at Minnesota, been at Utah State, head coach at Western Kentucky, kind of a pro-style attack, generally speaking. That's his, that's his history. That's his roots. He comes in, has to change things at Colorado. Who's had the harder job, Mike Sanford or Garrett Riley, who comes in here to TCU as the offensive coordinator with a team that kind of ran the air raid under Sonny Cumbie? At least there were some traits of it. Who, who's had the harder job? Oh, I think uh, uh, Sanford for sure. I, I think there's a more of a natural transition for, for Garrett Riley in terms of the personnel he's used in the past. I think for, for Sanford, you can look back, and they've been doing this, and TCU has watched. I mean, obviously, his, his last, you know, instead of watching his last stop at Minnesota, although there's some of that scheme-wise, um, really the personnel is a better match to watch the Utah State stuff. He's only there for a year, um, but that was an opportunity. They've gone back and watched that. And even as far back as when he was an OC at, at Notre Dame. Right. Um, I think that's more of a personnel fit for them, um, using a little bit more 12 personnel, even some 13. Um, you didn't see that as much with Minnesota, although that's who they wanted to be. Um, he didn't have the personnel for it, so he's a lot more 10 personnel there. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big thing. I, I, for Garrett, he came in. They're running the, a lot of the same system, except for, you know, they bring in a tight end a lot more in, in, in 11 personnel. But yeah. it's a lot of the same concepts. You know, the one thing, I, I remember Mike Sanford, jun, this is junior, by the way, uh, he, he was one of the hottest names in the country. There was no at doubt. One point. I mean, he, when he got the Western Kentucky job, was he the youngest head coach That's in right. college football at the time? I he think? was, yeah. He was on fire as the OC at Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and he was kind of the next uh, up and comer, and then you know, struggle a little bit at Western Kentucky, and it's it's you know dulled down a little bit. But he's a heck of a coach. And you remember our days in the Mountain West, yeah. and when his dad was the head coach at UNLV, right? And their offenses were always good; they just couldn't stop anybody. Yeah. You know that that was always their mo. You know, yeah, and they seemed to have a lot of roster turnover, as I recall. Oh, there yes, in they, yeah, yes, they Imagine did. Why. Yes, they. Oh, I have no idea why. That could be. <laughs> All right, uh, Melissa, TCU wins if they do this. 
protect the football and get the chunk plays. Uh, it's really, really young defense for Colorado, and there's not a ton of depth. Speaking of roster turnover, they experienced quite a bit of it too last year. And so that secondary especially, super, super young. And so you're counting on your stars at, at wide receiver. You're counting on your big play running backs to, to get those big chunk plays throughout. As long as they don't turn it over, and if they can be the ones that are making the big plays, not giving them up, I think TCU's got a shot to run away with this one. All right, protecting the footballs off the board, Jeff Wilson. What do they have to do to win? Uh, not, I, I, I guess this is my phone, but not, not do stupid stuff. Don't beat themselves. You know, limit the penalties. Uh, Onside kick in the third quarter, up by eleven, <laughs> like Scott Frost in Nebraska. Don't do that. Is that what you're saying? But just like you know, just manage the game. Yeah, manage the game. Do what you do. Execute, and you'll be all right. Yeah, coach. Well, I think along those same lines, but the quarterback has to just distribute, right? You you have the playmakers on this team at, at the skill position. The offensive line has been, uh, to me, has been just a standout throughout yeah. this, you know, that unit throughout this camp. So if, you, if they can just get the ball in those playmakers' hands and don't do too much at quarterback, that sounds cliche, but really they got the guys there. Just get it in their hands and, and get out of the way. Have we looked through purple glasses at anything? Uh, like, have we looked at it and said – Oh, yeah, they're going to be good on the offensive line. They're going to be good. Is there is there one area where you got a little concern? Well, I, I'd say just across the board. I, I, I'm wondering, and that's why I'm curious tonight to see yeah. if my purple frog-shaped <laughs> glasses have been on the whole time because I really like this team. I mean, yeah. they, they've got depth throughout the whole whole deal. And when you talk to these coaches and players, I mean, everybody at this point right, loves the team, right? Yeah. They're all undefeated. Yeah, sure. um, but they, I think it's really genuine. They, they are fired up about this, and I think they should be, so yeah. – uh, no, I, I don't think it's that way. I think they're going to be pretty good. Jeff, you think, I mean, are we looking at it? Well, any, any? I mean, you, you can look at the, the depth chart and what we've seen at practices and listen to everybody, but, you know, what, what's it going to be like when the lights come on? Yeah. You know, how are they How are they prepared between the ears? And I think that's that's always something that both sides have to deal with. And, you know, it's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of adrenaline. How do you control that? And how do you not let it interfere with what you've got to do? All right. Uh, all right now, now I really put you on the spot. We start with Melissa. I've got the pin out. Final score after tonight's game is? 37-24 TCU. High-scoring game, 37-24. Joe Gillespie's not going to be happy with those 24 points that his defense gave up. All right, Jeff, what do you think? Uh, you know what? Um, I, I, I'm kind of thinking the same thing as Melissa. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think with TCU is going to score a lot. I, I think it's going to be about 41-17. to 17. I just don't think Colorado's quite ready. All right. Coach I was going to go 38-17. 38-17. So, yep, 38-17 was where I'm at. Um, I think Colorado may get one late, you know, but I think it'll be, it'll be a, it won't look even that close. Really? Yeah, I do. I think they're in for a good one. But you're count, you guys are all counting on these offenses putting up some points here. Yeah, I mean, they or, – Or the defense is not being ready. Right. Yeah. And then – Special teams. And There's special, special teams, teams maybe making some plays. Special teams touchdown in this game. I don't know what side, but we're going to see one. I don't know why I've been thinking TCU wins 21-7. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you don't want to have as much fun tonight, I guess. I, I guess not. I, you know, <laughs> let's run the football, boys. Yeah, let's let's do some of that. Hey, this has been fun. We'll we'll uh, we'll check with you guys uh, this weekend, see how we did. Oh yeah. You know, I'm yeah, sure next, some of that will hit next week. Maybe we may we may have to revisit some, a little bit. Some mud on our face. Yeah, but... and I'm sure it'll hit social media at some point as well. Melissa, thanks for hopping on here with us. Uh, look forward to seeing you tonight at the game, as always. I'll be there. Can't All wait. Right.
Uh, boys, thank you very much. Let's get ready. All, All right. right. Frogs and the, the Colorado Buffs are coming up here shortly. Thanks for joining us this week on Frogs today. Thanks to the equipment crew, Jason and his gang, also to David Rasco for stopping by and Mark Johnson, play-by-play -play voice of the Colorado Buffaloes. You ready for this one? Frogs in Colorado kick the 2022 season off here shortly. Thanks for joining us here today on Frogs Today. Frogs Today is brought to you by the Flying Tea Club, supporting TCU student-athletes, and by Richard's Rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Frogs Today is a production of Roxo Media House. Media House.